In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. On this Feast of the Ascension, we might ask why it is significant that Jesus is taken up in the sight of his disciples. Why is this an article of the Christian faith we profess whenever we gather in both the Apostles and Nicene creeds? The earliest scriptural reference to the ascension of Christ is in Daniel chapter 7, in which the prophet sees one like a son of man, a way of saying one like a human man, coming with the clouds of heaven, receiving dominion, glory, and an everlasting kingdom from a divine figure referred to as the Ancient of Days. For Daniel, this vision contrasts this kingly coronation with all other earthly kingships and the coronations he would have witnessed in the courts of Babylon and Persia. It was a way of showing how God will himself crown the greatest and final king of kings after a long line of monstrous kings whose temporary authority had become for them the source of their monstrosity. The Son of Man, by contrast, would come and bear the ultimate authority of God and remain recognizably human. It is a vision that reveals the meaning of human history, of all human endeavors that have passed and yet to come, and how their end, or their telos, is at best to give way to the revelation of this divine man, this son of man who will rule as God. St. Luke provides the account of this prophecy's fulfillment in two places. In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, Jesus blesses his disciples near the town of Bethany, is parted from them, and ascends into heaven. In Acts chapter 1, St. Luke adds more details, stating that the disciples witnessed Jesus being taken up and received by a cloud, Together, these accounts cement the connection between Christ's ascension in the gospel and Daniel's vision, signifying Christ's enthronement by God. St. Luke stresses the fact that Jesus' departure in the flesh from this world to the right hand of the Father is to share his Father's throne and to reign as King of Kings. Jesus does not just vanish, though. He is not merely a spirit who can just appear and then float away like a ghost. Jesus spent 40 days after his resurrection proving, as St. Luke says, by many proofs of his resurrection, of his bodily resurrection from the dead. Jesus shows us that his humanity is not merely instrumental to his earthly mission and then suddenly dispensable when all the work is done. He retains in ascending the fullness of his humanity. He remains that son of man that Daniel saw in his vision of the king of kings before the ancient of days. And in retaining his humanity, he shows us what, what it means, that it means something important, that he has a body and a soul, that he is really and truly man and remains so. 
Jesus is taken up in the resurrected body, the glorified flesh that he assumed in the incarnation by the gift of the Virgin Mary. And because of this, we can see that Daniel's prophecy has in this moment become history. As C.S. Lewis observed, myth has become fact. A vision has become a historical event. No longer is the subject of the vision just some figure, some indecipherable figure of some man. The one who receives the kingdom of, from the ancient of days is this Jesus of Nazareth, the son of man and the son of God. And this is significant because it means that Jesus is somewhere now. He is not just anywhere, and he is certainly not nowhere. He is a person, and he is a person in a place. Jesus can be found by those who seek him. He has gone somewhere. He can be found by those who seek him, and God has a face to meet our face when we seek him, as we prayed in the baptismal liturgy. And the ascension shows us that his goodwill is to be found and to be met face to face so that he can be known. And this is why in 10 days he will send the Spirit so that we may be led into the fullness of truth, like he said, which is just to say that we will be led into all of him since he himself is the way and the truth and the life. Ascension matters because it matters that we remember how Christ ascended in the body. And I think it's especially important because we're living in a moment of profound confusion and denial of embodiment. A great skeptical crisis has unfolded about the symbolism of the body and its capacity at all to bear significant meaning. But on ascension, we remember that the fullness of divinity and the fullness of humanity both are met in a person whose face we can see, whose hands can be touched, whose face all of us must certainly one day see. We are not, as Christians, participants in a mystery religion. We are not merely spiritual in our faith. The body is not an accessory, but an essential part of our creation, redemption, and glory. It is into Jesus' very body that we are incorporated in baptism, as our new sister Beth was tonight. It is that same body that is lifted up and seated at God's right hand that is then given to us in Eucharist tonight, and in all the Eucharists that are being celebrated tonight around the world on this holy day. Christ's embodied ascent is the fact of then our being seated in the heavenly places. At his ascension, so began his glorious priestly intercession as our mediator and advocate, whose constant prayer commenced our life in that prayer that he is always praying. It is the privilege of place we receive by virtue of his will to remain united to us and to the fullness of the humanity that he assumed, to be God with us always, that we may continue to be with him wherever he goes. And so we can see in the ascension that he goes up 
and he goes up that we might be brought up with him. The ascension importantly directs, I think, what it means for us to consider what it means to go to heaven. Very often, Christians think about heaven as a disembodied place of retreat from the world, a place to which we escape and leave the world to its own devices. And if we adopt this view, we'll also begin to see the Christian life and salvation as having less and less to do with the creation and with who we actually are, and see it more as an individual at first, and then an increasingly dehumanized and interiorized sense of vague identity. But the ascension of Christ in his glorified body means that the material world in which that body participates is united to the place where God is. We cannot cleanly separate the universe into some kind of cosmic duplex with the God things up there and out there and the world things down here among us. Christ's embodied ascent means that his glorious body now exerts a real gravity on all the other parts of creation to which that body is materially connected. The cosmos is being drawn by the body of Christ into reunion and peace with God. The ascension is the good news of the gospel proclaimed to the creation as well. And the first work of that gospel, that good news, will be the raising of humanity, body and soul, to union and glory with God in Christ. There is thus no true notion of going to heaven that does not involve the redemption of our bodies and the whole creation through the first fruits of that redemption, the glorious body of Jesus himself. Body and soul, heaven and earth are married in him. We observe that and celebrate that in the ascension. And as we proclaim in the marriage liturgy, what God has joined together, no one may put asunder. Tonight, we celebrate that the King of Kings and Lord of Lords has taken his throne. But he has not ceased in doing so to be Emmanuel, God with us. As he is lifted up, his presence is still with us in the Spirit, who attests continually within us that we are truly somehow with him in the love of the Father. We remember after Daniel's vision that the end of all things has already taken place. It is not some event over yonder on the horizon. We are not waiting for the end times. We are living in them. And this is not to indulge in some fantastical or conspiratorial thinking about the last things, but rather to mundanely observe in the gospel that the end of time is also the beginning of time. And we know this ending's name to be Jesus Christ. So like Daniel, we now wait for the consummation of what we have seen through the eyes of the apostles and by their testimony. We confess with them that we too believe that he ascended into heaven and that he will return to raise the dead and transfigure the living. As Jesus said to his disciples, now is the judgment of this world. 
Now the ruler of this world is cast out, and I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all peoples to myself. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen.